We're not quite there yet. We know what we want. Well, Stop asking. I updated OBS and it never asked me this before. <laughs> oh. That's what you get for updating. Yeah. Mistakes yeah. were made. Because now we're recording and people will know. Welcome back to We Were Gamers, episode 139. Nine? Nine. I think we're at 39. <laughs> this is why we need the whole group here. I almost had it. <laughs> I almost had it. I'm uh, Andrew. JJ's here. Hello. Michael's here too. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I feel like... This is it, man. 2019 has finally started. What were we doing for these two weeks before now? Also still 2018? or <laughs> I don't know. What were you signing on your dates when you had to write the date out? Yeah, how long did you mess that up? I, I only did it a week or so. I don't think I've written a date down since it started. Ooh, so it's going to be a surprise how long it lasts. <laughs> yeah, it could be months. We'll see. <laughs> well, you know, uh, nobody writes checks anymore. So that's kind of like the last time you have to write dates on anything, right? Unless yeah. you're signing paperwork. Sometimes sure. if I take notes at meetings at work, I write the date. When you go buy a house this year, you'll have to write the date. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Definitely got to write. You got to write a lot of things when you're buying a house. So. Mostly I just clicked uh, my initials on an app and then that was it. And then they gave me a house. Oh, then when you went to get the loan at the end or to sign the final paperwork, they, be, they won. Paper. Oh, yeah. The notarized one. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Speaking of home ownership. We have Hello, a demo. Yes. Yeah. Do mm-hmm. you take a minute? We have a minute, right? It's the first one of 2019. Uh, Let's do it. One sad news to report. Maybe don't spend tons of time trying to salvage old rechargeable batteries. Oh, okay. The batteries I saved for my Xbox, that was a long time ago. I can't even remember when this happened. But I told a story about, you know, using 9 volts to jumpstart some old batteries. Yeah, I remember that. I thought it was very cool. Unclear... (laughs) How stable they are once repaired. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. They were not... Uh, they were... Something happened. The Steam Link stopped charging the controllers for some reason. The little controllers shut off. And uh, the batteries were not plugged in. And I had to re-jumpstart them again. Uh, so that doesn't bode well, I don't think. Possibly... The case where you have kind of like uh, taken the battery life away by overcharging it to get it back up kind of a thing? Possible. Who knows? Unclear. I have purchased a small uh, standing charger. So they're always Mm -hmm. plugged in. And we'll see. We'll do some experiments this week and see how long they last. That's that's my plan. If they last under like 20 minutes, then I'm going to call it. You know, be be cognizant of the amount of time you spend on things sometimes, is all I'm saying. <laughs> in your home ownership. You know, once in a while, you think about the... Oh, here's another example of, like, maybe don't spend too much time 
Although it conflicts with our reduce, reuse, recycle uh, teaching from school. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. The old adage. I went to fix a, a water line in our house. Uh, I had to replace some valves. And when I plugged the water lines back in, the seals inside of the steel braided cable were leaking. <laughs> if If you've put a water line under pressure and there's any gap in it, you know what I'm saying? Right, there was water everywhere. That's what I just heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you go buy a repair kit to replace the seals on those pipe, those little steel braided cables, it is $3.66. If you buy an entirely new steel braided cable with brand new seals, it is $4.26. Are you saying that maybe the extra cost is worth it in this case? <laughs> Maybe 60 cents is not worth my time for digging out old seals from a a water line. Slapping that Band-Aid on. Yeah. But I feel like that's a really bad lesson to teach people. I think the lesson is that the company has ripped you off by charging you so much for the seal, which should have cost maybe a quarter. Yeah, that's probably true. Well, I bought the cable because I don't have enough time. I think it was a good choice. Okay. Agreed. That's it. That's my home ownership minute for 2019. The first week of 2019. I was going to say, get that out of the way for this year. Yeah, done. Woo. Done. No house problems. More of that. (laughs) Selling the house. We're done. It's all over. I love it. All right. Uh, Anybody else? No homing, home ownering, home, home, home occupying, home problems. Nothing. All right. Moving on. Just moving on. Yeah. Just you. Okay. It always is. I think on the count of three, we should all do some sort of news-related thing because we're going to do a new news segment. I like it. Okay, let's go for it. One, two, three. Breaking news. Uh, I'm the only one. Why am I the only one? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that went about how I expected. (laughs) PSA. If you play Overwatch, you should go on Overwatch before the end of next week or the end of Monday, the 21st. I'll use a date because that's more helpful for people. January 21st. And you can get some skins if you win some games. Also, if you watch on Twitch. So just a PSA for those out there that care. Solid. Yeah. Free stuff I'm, is good. You know, those things go away. They don't usually re-bring, bring back those story-related ones. So... Uh, yeah. All right. I do have an actual news story. I want to get your guys. Our our point of this segment is rapid reactions. We don't have to go into it too deep, but here's mine. Fantasy Flight Games, makers of beloved board game Battlestar Galactica in my book. And many another game. I don't know if you guys have a favorite fantasy flight game. Talisman. Okay. Does Talisman count? I don't know. They make it now. They don't make it now. Well, they used to make it now. <laughs> they are the most recent to have used made to it. Make it now. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, no, that counts, I guess, because they revised the game. It was their revision that made it good. Can I? Can I say relic? Gooder. Yeah. 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 Sure. Totally. Relics. Relic counts. Uh, they've decided they are going to re 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 mine the Lord of the Rings franchise. For another board game, 
This okay. one called Journey to Mordor, I think, or Journeys in Middle Earth. I can't remember. Uh, it's a board game, cooperative board game, etc. Looks kind of cool. Got cards. Got good art. Um, sounds vague. Vague, yes. Vague is a good word for what they put out there because the main point of their release was to tell you that this board game is run by an RNG generator in an app. Oh. Come on, guys. Not just a number generator, obviously, but like the scenarios and a whole bunch of other systems are contained within an app. So do you need everybody at the table all running the app together, or can you have a single instance of it? Uh, I have multiple questions, like if you only need one instance of it and it's on a 4.7-inch phone screen, do you then need to wait to pass around the instructions to everybody at the table? What happens in two generations of OSs when the app no longer works? What happens when Fantasy Flight no longer supports the game? I mean, much more importantly than either of those things, does the app, like, actually play, like, cause you to change the setup in ways that you would be unable to do, perhaps, if you lost, like, one specific piece or something? I find that happens to board games, especially ones with lots of little fiddly pieces. Fiddly bits. Pretty annoying. If you lose the Gandalf piece, are you just hosed forever? Oh, you mean do do they like AR scan yeah. them or something? Or does like your does the like randomly generating thing take into account for the fact that like oh we happen to be missing the Gandalf piece? Yeah, do you need all the pieces for it to does it only run under a particular set of circumstances basically? Or like if you decide that Gandalf is overpowered and you don't want to play with him, can you like fix that, you know? Oh, see that makes more sense to me cuz I'm like, well, you could always substitute thing, a though. piece or something. But it's the same idea, right? Like if you have uh, house rules or whatever can it support that stuff because that's like half the fun of playing big board games like that i'm almost gonna say no like i i i don't work for fantasy flight it's not in this news story but uh sorry no i don't I, there's no way that that's gonna happen yeah that's flame yeah there you go board games with apps basically computer games <laughs> lots of questions not enough answers 100%. Anybody else? Uh, just a quick mention here. There's a new update coming to MTG Arena on the 17th. They're releasing the next set, uh, Ravnica Allegiance. Ooh. And uh, they are dealing with what they call the uh, the fifth card or fifth copy problem, uh, which is, you know, in Magic, you're allowed to have four copies of every card in the deck. What happens if you open a card a copy of a card that is above the f fourth one, right? Okay, sure. Can't, can't use it legally in a deck. There are some decks that allow you to have more than four copies of a card, but in those cases, if you have four, it just lets you put infinite. Or like land, you can just use as many lands. No one cares. Did uh, you know uh, that you can change your land art in that game? I did know. But that you have to do cool. it with like fiddling the most annoying possible thing yes yeah it's the worst they should just make it an easy choice to select the art i can't well and you can also change it so that there's different ones in your deck right you don't only have to have one type yeah it gets very complicated in order to start adding them like that but yes you can do that i want to point out that i spent at least an hour doing that in the time that i played that game which was probably total six hours oh no 
I, that's the type of stuff that it, that I want to do, and like, hey, okay, make the game, make the thing that I do in real life happen on the the thing, right? That was a lot of words that just got tangled up coming out of my mouth because, ugh. if you're gonna sink some time into it, you want you want it to look the way you want it to look, right? Like one of the things that was fun about Paper Magic was like. I've been playing this game a long time. Look at the insane amount of forest cards that I have that are all different. I could use one. I want 20 forests in my deck. I can use 18 different arts for these forests. Exactly. (laughs) Cases. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, It allows that somehow, but it is also really annoying in allowing you to do it. But the point of this update seems to be that they have changed the reward structures and stuff. And basically, if you open a pack... With any rare or mythic, which is the uh, you know the hardest uh, card, planeswalkers basically. Yeah, basically the like the rarest cards in the game. Uh, previously, if you had four copies of them, the, it would go to this thing called the vault, uh, which basically was a really bum deal. They would you'd have to get hundreds and hundreds of duplicates in order to be able to access the vault, and then you get some stuff, and it's not worth it. They've replaced this with they just give you one that you don't have instead. What a good idea. Hey. Hey, hey. Such a simple concept. Right? And then uh, if you absolutely have every single card in the set, then they give you back uh, some of the premium currency, like a little bit. There you go. Wow, what a great idea. Why did it take so long for them to come up with? (laughs) Because money. Yeah. So that's my feel-good quick story there. Um, I appreciate that. And I appreciate that Magic's like, you know what? Just give them the cards. Yeah, I think it's, you know, if people want to collect the cards, you can still collect all the cards. And if you have collected all the cards, then you get a little uh, little gold or whatever gems, I think, uh, to, you know, play some draft or whatever. Collecting magic cards because you have to have four of each one and then a whole set is just takes a mind boggling amount of time digitally. Anyway, on to Michael's story. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andy, you were you were t- even talking about your board games. You were saying, you know, what happens when the the software is unsupported anymore by the uh, by I have, the OS? I have a specific example from Fantasy Flight. They <laughs> used to make a board game, well, a fantasy RPG game uh, for Warhammer that had the special dice you needed for playing their Warhammer game in the app, and you could use it as an app to roll. Good luck rolling dice if you still want to play (laughs) that game. If you don't have the physical ones, you need to go find them, and they are really expensive because they don't make them anymore on eBay. And, uh, yeah, your app doesn't work anymore, so good luck. But, Andrew, you didn't keep your iPhone 3 around so that you could keep rolling the dice (laughs) on that app or whatever? (laughs) What happens, Michael? uh, The same thing happens with hardware specifically video game peripherals you know systems get newer they get fancier and the peripherals of yesteryear fall by the wayside you mean and the, i think that you mean the graveyard of rock band equipment that exists sure, out there somewhere yeah you, you can take rock band equipment as an example but i think probably my my personal most lamented and and i know that you guys will have feelings on this one is the zapper gun from the original NES. Bro, you can make that work again. Well, there's a there's a company that's coming out with a new one. Bro, you can make that work again. That you don't have to make work, it just works. And it'll plug in? Yeah. It plugs into the NES and it's made to work with HD TVs. 
it syncs. So they debuted it last week at CES, but it syncs the sensor in the in the blaster to the frame rate of your whatever television it's plugged into. So now it's not reliant on the timing of the CRT old banding. Uh, CRT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say it had to be something crazy like that with like more electronics because I think I know what Andrew's answer is going to be here. What What's my answer going to be? Oh, to making it work again? Were you just going to say plug it into a CRT? <laughs> <laughs> you could do that. Normally. Andrew's CRT is with his iPhone 3. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's not. On the list of things that I really want to do on my new TV, I don't know if Duck Hunt is on there. <laughs> Maybe some people really like Duck Hunt a lot. That's okay. Yeah. Is there a Duck I Hunt mean, for Switch yet? Because you could just point the Switch remote or whatever. Oh, my God. I think we could replace Andrew's commentary about half the things we talk about on here with, is there this for the Switch yet? <laughs> I think we could play it on the Switch. <laughs> okay, hold on. Sorry, I'm just going to, on three, I'm just going to record for you on the, then you can just drop it in. <laughs> One, two. Is it on the Switch yet? There you go. Now you can just, All right. you can drop Got that it. in on everything and I'll, uh, I'll see you guys later. All right. Have a nice, yeah. Homeowner's Minute might not work so good, but we'll see <laughs> i don't know i mean all right well congratulations 2019 just roaring success with our new news and segment <laughs> work in progress yeah yeah let's get on the real stuff games i've had some time to play some games michael's had some time to play some games jj maybe had time time to play some games i feel like i i tried to play a game for a long time I think this and is then, the most weird start to this segment, so you should take the lead here. <laughs> I uh, So I, I talked about being excited to play Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire, uh, as one of the things I was looking forward to in 2019. Uh, Pillars of Eternity is a computer role-playing game of the grand Baldur's Gate-style tradition. Is it on uh, Switch yet? No, but I'm sure it's coming out pretty soon. <laughs> I'm actually not joking. I think it is actually coming out <laughs> on the Switch Nailed uh, relatively it. soon. Uh, and, uh, but it's a, you know, it's an RPG, but it doesn't use like the D20 system or the D and D system, which maybe are some of the more popular ones. It kind of uses its own thing. And there are one, two, three, four, five, eleven character classes in this game. That's a lot. Okay. Uh, let me read through them here really fast just so you get an idea. Barbarian, Chanter, Cypher, Druid, Fighter, Monk, Paladin, Priest, Ranger, Rogue, and Wizard. Was that Chanter kind of... or Enchanter? Uh, Chanter as in person who chants songs. It's like a bard. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. That's okay. was hoping uh, that you Cypher said Chanter because that's awesome. And Cypher is kind of your like psychic powers character. I was going to go with the Shadowrun hacker, so that's close, right? Yeah, close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, you know, if you're generally familiar with RPGs, you can kind of guess what these archetypes do, you know, vaguely. Right. Uh, yeah. Ex- except that this game also allows multi-classing from the start. From the get-go? Yes. So. Oh, uh, and every class has about, like, four subclasses that you can be that are, like, 
slightly different from each other, but not that different. All right, so this is D&D. Are you allowed to subclass if you multiclass? Because I don't think you were allowed to in D&D. Uh, you are so uh, it doesn't the subclasses don't work quite the same way. Uh, it basically instead of being a base druid, you become a ancient druid, and the ancient druid has a slight different twist on the basic druid class, but it's still mostly just a regular druid. So you get an adjective. Yes, got it. Uh, and you can subclass, multiclass another subclass, so you can be like two subclasses. It's a lot. I'm staring at a chart that is the seven by, that is an eleven by eleven grid. <laughs> no, <laughs> every one of them has a unique name. What is the downside? Wow, uh, you level slower. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, there it is. Yeah. So I just like in D and D, right? Where when you multi class, you don't gain levels as quick because you have to split it across two classes. Similarly, here you level slower, and so the top levels of the single class are unavailable to you when you multi-class. Yeah. Generally, though, that seems to be a good trade for an entire second set of skills. Yeah. Uh, depending on how you combine them. Looking uh, at an 11 by 11 grid, your eyes start bleeding before yes. you find any of the good names. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of good ones, you know? Uh, just going down the fighter tree here, you have Brute, Warcaller, Cyblade, Warden, Brawler, Crusader, Cleric, Hunter, Swashbuckler, and Battle Mage. And nice. those are just the fighter ones. And, you know, so then there's also just Pure Fighter in there somewhere. And all the fighter subclasses Pure. And it's a lot. <laughs> so and, if you do, I'm I'm curious, In your is the grid one-sided or do you have like a primary and a secondary and the name changes depending on which is which? No, there's no primary and secondary. They're both just whichever. If you hit the same one, both sides, I think it's the same thing. Okay. Okay. Now, um, you, you said you're kind of like locked off the top levels because yeah, you so just I can't gain can... enough experience by the end of the game or because you're actually locked off. Because in D&D, you were locked out of certain skills if you weren't a pure class. Yeah, the game... Uh, has a level cap and multi-classed characters are not able to ascend to uh, the, they tier your skills not based on your level but based on your uh, power level which is not the same thing basically the power levels uh, are sort of the way they tier the abilities and the last two tiers of abilities are off limits to characters that multi-class so you can only get up to power level 7 or something and then 8 and 9 are only for people who single class hmm uh, and then you have to manage uh, each class kind of has their own pool of resources. So fighters have discipline and monks have wounds and paladins have zeal and all that sort of stuff. And so if you multi-class, then you have to manage two pools of that with its each associated action and stuff. It gets to be quite a lot during combat. Uh, that is to say, I did eventually make it through this giant character creation nightmare. Um, <laughs> but wow. And then like immediately after I finished, I went was like, like after the second battle of the game, I was like, you know what? Actually, I need to start over because I wanted this instead of that or the other thing. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> did you memorize Definitely your? Uh, did you memorize your character loadout? Like you, I, I assume you make like how your character looks or no? Yeah, yeah, you definitely can. Yeah. And I, I just sort of had uh, uh, there's like I think it was you know there's like a ton of different presets for the faces and the hairstyles and all that yeah. stuff. So. Right. Uh, I was able to get back to that part pretty quick, but man, <laughs> uh, 
I'm really enjoying the game so far. I just wish that, uh, and yeah, you know, now that it's been going and I've gained a few levels, it's it's a little less intimidating than it was since I'm familiar with the skills and stuff. But man, maybe if you're starting off, don't do a multi-class character right off the bat. <laughs> Holy smokes. Can you multi-class later? No, I think you have to do it at character creation. Woof. Although I think there is ways to pay lots of money and respect your character. So then maybe at that point you could just do it. I know they let you change your character's appearance and stuff for a fee. Like in-game money. I imagine they would let you do it at that point if you wanted. Well, the game was good enough that you made a second one and started over. So that's yeah, a good Yeah, I mean, sign. I was like 30 minutes in. But... <laughs> okay, that's not that's got, not terrible. I got murdered by a bear as my rogue paladin and it didn't go that well. Then I changed up some of the choices I took on those two classes, and it went much better. I read I read an interesting take just a couple of weeks ago, actually, that said that in that kind of game, you're almost better off sometimes playing a half an hour and then starting over, like as the, your play style. I could definitely see that. I applaud both of you thinking of doing the gaming first, because I would sit back and read... 35 to 40 minutes of articles about what to do instead of just playing the game. (laughs) To be clear, I looked at articles and stuff before I started and then realized that everyone just kind of said, you know, it's the game isn't that hard unless you're playing on the hardest difficulty. So you could probably just do whatever and get by no problem. Oh, okay. Uh, So that made me feel a little better about if I screw up, it's not going to be a big deal. And then they're like, and by the end of the game, you'll have so much money if you just need to go in and respec your character, whatever. When I get to the top level or whatever, I can reclass myself into some unbelievably overpowered build and go one shot everything. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, did you need a guide to get you through all the achievements of the Nova missions? Uh, no. Um, so I didn't, I didn't do all of the achievements cause I just played it through on normal. Um, so I didn't attempt any of the, uh, beat this on, you know, uh, play it through on hard or above, but I did manage to, I think I got just about all of the ones on normal and they do the descriptions of the achievements are good enough. Usually that you can figure out what you need to do. Uh, to unlock them. And, you know, you, you uh, a lot of the times in those missions, the someone will come on um, as a little voiceover and say, hey, could you explore this area or could you destroy these? And it becomes a, an optional objective in your little objective lists. That's and usually those are the achievement. Yeah. Those are typically tied to the achievements. Yeah. So as long as you're you're paying even a little bit of attention and actually the nova missions tell you up front in the mission loadout screen what the achievements are for the mission oh that's good i remember some of those starcraft 2 missions had optional achievements that you could get hosed on if you didn't do certain things early on yeah, yeah so learned, this one i learned quickly in in wings of liberty to hit escape or whatever immediate or f10 immediately to see what they were before before doing the mission no so this one they they learned from from either feedback or themselves that hey put the achievements right up front where they're easy to see and it uh it definitely makes makes things go a little more smoothly because if you decide hey i want to respect some of my units to you know be able to do x or y better now, as a sub 
campaign, does respecking your units cost you anything, or is it just a thing that you can do per mission because it's a sub campaign? No, it's just a thing you can do mission by mission, uh, which is actually really nice. The only so you pick up as part of completing um, optional objectives, you will pick up improvements both uh, for Nova and for your units. And then you go into, there are two different loadout screens. One is for um, Nova's different attributes. So, you know, her gun, her helmet, her accessories. And then the other is for your units. And each unit has um, three or four different bonus loadouts that you can give them. So you can give, uh, one of them is regenerative steel. So your siege tanks and your goliaths will regenerate health when they're not directly in combat. <laughs> um, and the only, okay. the only limiting, the only limiting factor is that the regenerative steel you can, for instance, you can use on four or five different units, but you can only give it to one at a time per mission. I mean, so still, it, still doesn't seem balanced, but okay. It, it winds up working out. I feel like in the single player stuff, they let it be unbalanced and that's okay. Yeah. Good point. Sure. And the, you know, at a certain point, the difficulty ramps up where even if you've got it slanted heavily in your favor on the normal difficulty, the just onslaught is going to overwhelm you if you don't know what you're doing. So it's no, you know, it's no different than the, the unit upgrades in, in the base Starcraft two. Fair. Awesome. Well, how were the missions overall, aside from the cool accoutrement that came with them? They were good. They were good. I I thoroughly enjoyed the full set. Um, there was a, a good little story arc that they put together for them. Um, does it take place during, after? I think it's after, right? All the main game it's, stuff? It's after. Yeah. So Valerian has taken over for his father. Um and it it definitely picks up after the the first three games, the main three games. Do uh, a lot of characters make reappearances, or is it just sort of a side thing? There were three that come to mind. So besides Nova, obviously, um, there's Valerian, who's the Emperor now. Uh, Matt Horner Ooh. is in this, um, and then. Um, the, I'm gonna blank on his name now. The the leader of the Taldarim, the evil red Protoss. Oh, oh, uh, John Delancey. Yes, John Delancey. <laughs> there you there go. we go. It's true. <laughs> Good solid Protoss name. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it was it was good. Um, there were there were a couple of, um, you know, ghost sneak your way through things missions. Um, which are, which are always good, especially, you know, in a ghost campaign, you want to have a few of those. Right. Um, Yeah. But there was definitely a nice, uh, sort of mix of different kinds of missions so that you got a little bit of, uh, a little bit of everything. Speaking of, uh, speaking of voices, I don't, we should put it in the news section, I guess, but William William Morgan Shepard passed away last week, I think. Since our last podcast came out, uh, he was the voice of Civ Five. R.I.P. A man with a golden voice. For yeah. Sure. Anything else on uh, on the Novas? Uh, no, just that I'd recommend it. Okay, they're, they're worth the time. They're worth the time. 
Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think they have gone, now that they are complete, they are in some sort of complete pack and have begun to go on sale. So yeah, you can buy them all together. Would probably be monetarily worthwhile at this point, since I think they gave away like half that game for free, if not all of it at this point. Does anyone know? Yeah. They definitely gave away Wings of Liberty, and I think Heart of the Swarm has been given away for free sometimes. People can definitely check those out. Uh, They're very good. I think the single-player campaign, you could take the story or not take the story. That's up to you. The missions are good. They're enjoyable and varied and hard. There's like a couple in the entire three arcs that I can remember absolutely hating. (laughs) <laughs> but the rest of them I remember being pretty darn good. Right. Well, hopefully there's another one of these packs of something. Although they didn't say anything. Yeah, they, well, they left. This one is, is uh, without giving anything away, they leave it kind of wide open at the end for there to be more missions. I'm sure all the Protoss and Zerg people would love if there were more Terran submissions to play through. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe they are all hands on deck on StarCraft 3, though. So, okay. How long? How long did it take us to get StarCraft Two? That's what I'm saying. It's going to take a while. <laughs> All hands on deck <laughs> for a few you know. more years. That's okay. Whatever. I'm. Don't rush it. Take your time. Yeah. Make it good. Yeah. Will you throw me off the podcast if I talk about Smash? This is the part where we were going to mute you and replace you with the part about <laughs> you saying the Switch thing. You can just mute me with me going la 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 for you know this portion so all right go ahead let's let's smash it up or whatever it is you smashers say smash it up i like that all right that was the segment we're done great that's your that's your clip from now on is smash it up no jj hold on there is i actually thought about you while playing the world of light mode and thought do you hate me that's so awful (laughs) I thought, you know, he likes fighting games sometimes. and That's this, true, I do. This World of Light mode is an extremely solid RPG-ish thing. I have heard good things about it. The story is not, you know, you're not like every time you fight a spirit, you don't get a tidbit of story or anything. It's kind of an overarching plot where... You see the opening video that is all over the internet where everybody gets blown up by the light. Right. And then you have to go release all the fighters, and then you have to go fight Galeem, which is the guy that blew up all the fighters with the light. It's a pretty bad name. <laughs> Galeem? Yeah. Is it a pun or something? Say it really fast. Galeem? Galeem? I don't know. He's he's the Lord of Light, and his name is Galeem. Okay. Like light gleams? Yes. Okay. That's it? That's it. Okay. It's just G A L E. It's really not that deep, like I said. I'm, I'm not trying to say it was deep. It just seems like a weird name. It is a weird name. I get it's it. Just, now. Yeah, but it's that's it, right? That's okay. So you be, you beat him and you beat the game, right? All right, sweet, we're done, <laughs> dude. So I played this no? thing. I've played this thing for 25 plus hours, doing a lot that's of Smash. Pretty it's a pretty long time. Yes, I know. <laughs> I t- this is not a thing that anyone expected when this game came out, I don't think. And the battles get a little repetitive. At a certain point, you get pretty powerful that even if you try to keep the power levels 
of your spirits even. So like my fighter has a spirit attached to it, right? And their fighter has a spirit attached to it. And it's like 5,000 or sometimes over 9,000 or whatever. Okay. You get sub spirits that help you. you know, like there's the whole socketing system. It's like socketing weapons, basically. This is what I'm talking about, JJ. It's kind of like an actual RPG here. We have okay. to get these spirits and then you socket them and then you socket things into their areas and and each one gives you stuff and at a certain point like you just make yourself giant and metal and then you you can smash almost anything off the screen sweet (laughs) nice but this still takes some time to get cleared through all this stuff the map is gigantic and there's there's a moment where you realize that the map that you're on is kind of split in half and you have to beat this little sub dungeon and then you get more map um, in the world of light. And I kind of thought that's what Ryan was talking about when he came onto this podcast and said, hey, there's another map. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that there, Michael. Yes, yes, uh, I do. Yeah, so there's another you map on the world like of light. side to the map, right? Yeah, there's another side to it. And you 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 unlock it by beating this one sub-boss. And the entire time, you know, if you look around the map, Galim is kind of in the middle of it, but you can't get to him because he's in a shield. So it reminds you of the whole story. And uh, I finally beat that little extra area and I unlock the path to him by finally beating all the sub bosses and run up to him um, and beat him. So I kind of want to give you an idea for 25 hours when you're on the main map, you're listening to this. This is, you know, soothing music, right? Hi, violins. Hi, violins. This is kind of like you walk around this map. It's very JRPG. Uh, It's super JRPG, right? It's got the Super Smash Brothers theme in it, in the underneath, in the undertones. And then when you go into bases and stuff like that, it uh, it changes. So, like, if you go into um, Solid Snake's area it'll change the music from Metal Gear Solid. Or if you go into the Mega Man area, it changes the music from Mega Man or stuff like that. But most of the time you're on the huge overworld map and you're listening to this in between fights. It's kind of nice. It's a wonderful little piece of music, right? Yeah, it's very nice. It sounds like you're walking around in a JRPG. Okay. So overworld music. Yes. 25 hours, probably 600 spirit fights, maybe. A lot of fighting, right? And I finally go and fight Galim. Can I... I can do spoilers here, right? Yeah. Michael? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, you know, you played the last Smash, and I just don't want to ruin it for you. No, you're good. Okay. The people have been warned. This is a major spoiler warning for anybody that has not gotten 25 hours into World of Light, which I completely would understand. So, if you don't want to know about the Galim fight and afterwards, you're warned. So this is a pretty hard fight. You fight Galim. He's like the main boss, right? And mm-hmm. I kind of think, oh, it's it's over. And then a video cup scene starts. And uh, you beat him. And everything's peachy keen. The You know what a master hand is from Kirby and from previous Smash games? They kind of all disappear and go away. And you've won. Hooray. And then it, the camera pans up and the sky cracks open. The entirety of the sky shatters into like glass pieces and falls down. And flying through from pitch blackness come a bunch of crazy hands, which are a smash, and I don't know if they're in Kirby as well, 
iteration of of the master hand that have gone wild and they their attacks are much stronger and erratic and not patterned as easily. And you are sucked into the dark realm. Yu-Gi-Oh. Basically. Right? Yes. Yeah. You get sh- you get shadow realm. My deck has no pathetic cards, Kaiba. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't notice some things. And I guess I should have seen it coming, but at a certain point, you just like trying to fight spirits to get to the end. But they give you this little text story that is, hey, congratulations, you beat Galim. Galim was the only thing holding back the Dark Realm and the Shadow Lords and monsters in it. So, whoopsie. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> yep. So, so now you got to... What's that? This is a classic what we call Act 2. Here. God, I hope yep. there's only two acts instead of three. Because, yes, the map is as big as the first map. Yikes. So it's interesting. The way it's laid out is actually three spokes from where you land. And then each spoke doesn't... It's not huge like the overworld map was before. Instead, you go to like little sub-maps. So I've done two of the three now. The first one is Hyrule, but taken over by Ganon. So it's like wrecked. And it is giant, and there are a lot of Legend of Zelda spirits in there. And then the second one is like a Castlevania-themed one, and Bayonetta-themed one. And there's a lot of Castlevania and Bayonetta monsters and spirits in there. Um, and each area is very large, whereas the sub-areas before were very small. Um, what I did not notice before was all of the kind of like super evil spirits, the vampires from Castlevania... Like the uh, Ganondorfs and all those things were not on the first map. Mm. So they took oh. all the like evil people and put them on the next map. I thought that was genius. But like, I th- picture that all running through your mind, right? Like, what is happening? Why is this happening? I've got another wh- how many hours of this left? This <laughs> is really cool that all of the evil spirits are here. And we had that first music. And then you hear this. definitely like final castle music i know right i was gonna say the hero is on the journey up evil mount doom or whatever yeah dude it's got two drops in 35 seconds (laughs) mind blown that's all i'm saying (laughs) anyway it continues on uh very heavy music for the heavy moment there People that have been paying a lot of attention to this podcast may remember that I played Dragon Quest Eleven a while back. It does literally this thing that you're talking about twice. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that game took me 100 hours, so, you know. <sighs> okay, 75 hours, here I come. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, no. Well, I thought mostly though i'm just blown away that this is in a smash game and that's why my jaw just cool my jaw just dropped i'm like first of all there's a lot of to unpack there about like ha actually galim was protecting you all from this other thing 
You thought he was a bad guy. Is there a lot to unpack in the Smash lore? Actually, you're the bad guy. (laughs) I don't know. I kind of... Okay, look. Don't rain on my parade here. (laughs) (sighs) But hey, you know, it's fun. You're having a good time. That's great. Yeah. I just... It's awesome that they packed a 70-hour RPG into a fighting game for some reason. Why? (laughs) Just why? And how awesome is it that they did it? Because... They truly wanted you to know that everyone was here. (laughs) Speaking of everyone is here, how many Spider-Men are there in Into the Spider-Verse? Gosh. Seven? That's it. In in this movie. Yeah. I think it's seven. Oh, is there another one coming? Is that why you say in this movie? Does the one at the end count? And, um, did you watch the thing that happens after the credits? No, Michael, no, we should, Michael, add, add another one then to whatever your number you give up with. So eight or wait, I guess two, because maybe add two. Anyway, I don't know. The thing after the credits is extremely dumb, but also great. (laughs) You should watch it. I'm sad that you didn't. I'll pull it up. Okay, so to lead into this, I think that you both saw Into the Spider-Verse this past weekend? Yes? Yeah, yeah, I did. It sounds like you both enjoyed it, is all I'm saying. It was great. Oh, it's it's so much fun. The movie is uh, is animated, uh, and for some reason people count that against it, but I think it actually helps the movie quite a lot in that it, it has a very cool art style, very reminiscent of the comics. Uh, and this is a Miles Morales story, uh, which helps it, I think, in that they can draw the kingpin as this gigantic block of a human being. Uh, and it looks good and makes sense in that world. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does. Uh, and then you don't feel as weird when crazy multi-universe stuff starts happening. I mean, there's already a guy that looks like that kingpin guy. So, like, you're more willing to believe when... uh spider-man noir or spider ham or whoever else drop in (laughs) the old fat lazy peter parker from the universe where spider-man is like 45 yeah (laughs) he's jaded yeah has he defeated everyone in in when he's by the time he's 45 no 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 he's still i mean it's just still business as usual at that point i get it yeah uh in some respects, he's defeated himself a little bit. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, but it, the movie is absolutely great. And I think the character arcs and the, the characterization and stuff they give for the main spider people in that movie, uh, as well as Miles's uncle and his dad uh, and stuff, is really, really fantastic. Like, on par with some of the best stuff that they've done uh, in other uh, Marvel movies. So Now, is this a Marvel movie or a Fox movie? Now that's a good question because it is a Sony Pictures movie. Oh, sorry, not Sony. Yeah, Sony, yeah. not Fox. Sony. Okay. So I don't think it is being integrated into the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe or whatever. Okay. Um, but I could be wrong. Who knows? Yeah, and I think that might have been part of why we didn't stay. Oh, because you thought it's not a Marvel movie; it's yeah. a Sony movie. Yeah. We'll the see. Sony movie under the, the Marvel tag. So that's well, one of us. 
I definitely recommend people stay. The joke from those after the credits is very silly. Uh, if you are a Spider-Man aficionado, for sure, and even not, <laughs> nice. even if you're not, it's still dumb. So that's good. <laughs> well, I like, uh, you know, I liked two minutes in when they uh, they bag on Tobey Maguire. I was like, well, yes. this is going to be a good movie. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's great. Why are you going to make? Uh, please don't make Toby cry. No one wants to see it. No. Well, no, it's it's this the uh, it's one of the scenes that everyone bags on from one of those movies. I'll I'll just say that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the movie, uh, you know, without talking about the plot too directly, it is they do a great job of keeping the multiverse stuff out of its own way. Okay. Uh, in that they don't get too delving into like the weird science or all this stuff. I mean, you know, Miles is a kid. Yeah, he's a really smart kid or whatever. And you know, these but the other Spider people are like you know geniuses and have been doing it for so long or whatever. So you don't really need to, you know, get into the like, here's the science behind why the universe is breaking apart or whatever. And well, yeah, yeah and nice. which which Spider-Man is just the photographer Peter Parker versus which Spider-Man is the quantum physicist Peter Parker and, you know, the like, all that stuff. Yeah, so I can't, uh, I really, really enjoyed it and I think uh, people should see it. Yeah, I think the highest praise that I can give it is that at the end of it, I was, I my first feeling was okay when's the next episode of the well, I, I should say like when is the next issue of this coming out because it has <laughs> right. such a comic book feel to it cool yeah and they do a great job of giving homage to like a lot of the other spider-man lore and stuff that oh, doesn't yeah. get into the movies frequently should Definitely we check that out should we stay on a, a comic book movie tilt to end the pod here <laughs> we could do that I I saw Wonder Woman finally. Uh, very topical in 2019 to say that I finally saw Wonder Woman. Hey, that's a really good movie. Yeah, okay. It's leaps and bounds better than every other DC movie they've made so far that I've seen. I almost think I almost think that if if you could like just go in and take out every little thing that I know that Zack Snyder changed about that movie. I needed a director's cut now that he's gone from the DCU is what I'm saying. Cause maybe it wouldn't have any speed ramps in it okay. and that would just make it better. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to, I'm not bagging on it. I liked the movie quite a bit and, uh, I think it might be one of the better world war one interpretations out there. There's some really good stuff in there. Speaking of DC movies. Yeah. Uh, we, over the holidays saw Aquaman. Which is a movie that came out. Oh. <laughs> so as good as Wonder Woman. No, no. So um, I have, so I, I will preface this by saying for the most part, I have mostly just seen chunks of the previous DC movies, the more recent ones, um, you know, large chunks in some cases. Um, Were the chunks but, the one where Superman just flat out murders tons of people and then nobody notices? That might have been one of the chunks that I saw. Yeah. Okay. Was it one of the chunks where Batman had a machine gun on the Batmobile? <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that one too. Was it one okay. of the chunks where they both say the word Martha and then all the fighting in the universe stops? I think that might have been the last chunk that I saw before going to see Aquaman. Okay. So the 
first thing I can say about this one is that it feels like you are in on the joke, which I think makes for a much better time. It doesn't try and take itself too seriously, which I think is a trap that a lot of the DC movies fall into. All? They're, they're true. Yeah. Okay. Um, they, they all try and out gravitas each other. Um, and it just, it gets to be a lot. I just, a lot of the time. Any movie with a speed ramp is just never going to be an A plus. Saving Private Ryan did not have a, a slow down, slow motion thing where Matt Damon looked at a bullet on its way into anything. Just don't do it. Unless it's for a joke. I think if you do it for a joke, that's fine. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Super Troopers 2. Aquaman. So, Aquaman? <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember if it had one. The, well, Zack Snyder has been removed. Movie, so, maybe not. A lot of the in the movie just are really fast. Sure. So no, that's good. The, the speed, fast is good. Like, yeah, the speed of it all. Um, do you know what I mean by a speed ramp? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, one is not coming to mind. I find that speed ramp is a weird way to describe slow-mo effect. Okay, but it's not a slow-mo effect, right? Like, do you remember Wonder Woman very well or no? Not enough to remember the shots. Okay, so like when they have the fights in Superman or Wonder Woman or Batman, all those movies where, yes, it goes into slow-mo and then they go really fast and back into slow-mo and then really fast and then back into slow-mo all within... A couple seconds. Oh, those okay. are ramps. I think I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Pure slow mo in general has a use, uh, I guess, but modern filmmaking is just should not have slow motion or speed ramps at all. And like I said, uh, Aquaman is the first movie done without Zack Snyder, director of 300. If you guys remember watching an entire one and a half hour movie in slow motion. <laughs> uh, he was responsible yeah. for the DCU up until I think Aquaman here. So, okay, if you're you're saying it's not self serious, is it Thor Ragnarok or is it not Thor Ragnarok? No, it's not. It's not Thor Ragnarok. Like you're not going to sit there and and laugh along with it for an entire two hours. Um, it's it is more of an action movie, whereas that was kind of equal parts action and and like buddy comedy. God, the buddy comedy was so good. It was. <laughs> Go check that out on Netflix, I think. It is on Netflix and worth watching three to four times, as I already have. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, this one was good. It, it'll it remind you of a whole bunch of different movies all simultaneously, um, which I think will lend themselves as a rule to the the fantastic drinking game that this movie will eventually become. Okay. What is your number one rule? Oh goodness. Um you have you have the opportunity. We are trendsetters on this show and you have the <laughs> opportunity to be the first one out there with your drinking rules for this movie. Oh, I'm sure I will be first. I'm um sure. I'm going to I'm going to go with as my first drink every time there is a like sort of incongruous music cue. Oh, thank God you didn't go with Jason Momoa has his shirt off. Oh, no, that's too easy. I think you would just drink the whole movie and then be <laughs> passed out drunk after the first hour. You, Every yeah, time someone would, uh, reacts to Jason Momoa having his shirt off? 
you could do that. There are. I don't think that there are as many as you might think that there are. Oh. Does the audience count? Oh, yes. Well, that yes, the audience. <laughs> see, see the first comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Um, there were some. There were some weird camera choices at times too. Like there's a fight scene near the beginning where they decide to shoot it from like fisheye lens in the upper corner of the room. Which just made for this sort of weird, you're underwater, but you're not underwater. I mean, you said it. It's a fisheye lens. Yeah, yeah. In the ocean. Um, because oh, I think Aquaman, actually I will, I will throw out a I will throw out a second a second rule. Drink every time you wonder why people's voices go echoey when they're underwater. Oh. No. Yeah, to, to, because because you couldn't tell that they're already underwater. They put reverb on everyone's no. voice when they speak underwater. All right, if you want to hear a podcast about good <laughs> television and movies, we also release our Star Trek subpod, uh, Subspace Transmissions, last Friday. You can go find that in the podcast feed. I have no idea if we'll spin it out onto its own thing. That's up to JJ. JJ, if people want to tell us other rules for the Aquaman drinking game, where would that be? It would be podcast at weweregamers.com. That's an email address. Please uh, send that info straight to there. We love to hear it and read it. So uh, you can also follow us on social media. We're at Facebook, uh, We Were Gamers, uh, at We Were Gamers on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and you can find out about the newest shows and see stuff from us all over there. I think I come up with my your favorite new game next year on Switch. Open oh. World Smash Brothers. Man. Except for the part where you play Smash. That sounds pretty good. Hmm. <laughs>